Hi, I'm Callum Cameron, and you are listening to Gut Talks, double G U double T. Yeah, that's a question of culture and trust. Maybe that's why it's harder to implement in older countries because Estonia and Singapore, like the main examples you've given, are pretty new countries. Yeah. Even even countries in the Middle East. I mean, Dubai, it's been there for like 30 years being built, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. more or less. Which reminds me of, uh, I mean, I was there at Jitex last year at this uh, big event. They have, and I uh, went to the uh, pavilion where you have the governmental innovation project. And obviously, there you only have people from the government and one spokesperson who's like can share more. And they were telling me that they're going to implement very soon a new system where basically he showed me, asked me, Do you want to try? He just scanned my face on a tablet, and after a mm. few seconds, it popped all my information, name, date of birth, address when I entered the country, you name it. So I was like, oh my God, this is creepy, you know. But this uh-huh. is what they want to implement everywhere, like on cameras, on the streets, in places where they have crime. I don't know what they label exactly by crime because it's pretty safe, but, you know, just in, in malls as well. I mean, which is mm-hmm. like, you leave your stuff there for hours and no one picks it up. So it's, it's just, but but they want to be like everywhere and, and they want to have this in glasses where they would have policemen just uh, wandering around and they can like scan people's faces and if there's anything they need to check they have access to the information instantly mm-hmm. so it's this it's, is terrifying it's, yeah i know <laughs> i don't know if this will be implementing the and implemented the way it was but this is what uh, i've been told um, and i understood and, and i saw i was like oh my god you know this is a bit too much because you don't know who would end up having access to this information because here we need, we need to have layers because it's not that if you work in this ministry however that, okay, you can have access to the information. So that should be, because there's a good side of it to protect things, but then it's scary. And then you can understand why in older countries where they're used to the manual traditional stuff. I mean, look at Italy, for example, you, you'll have lots of paperwork and nothing's connected. It's in silos, put it that way. Mm-hmm. However, after COVID, some systems became digital. So, uh, yep. so things are changing a bit, but this is why you get you have a bit of resistance, I think. Whereas in Estonia, this was never a conversation, right? It just happened. I think at the time, because of when this they started on this journey, I mean, they committed to the journey and the midnight really went out hard up until, I guess, about 2010 and 11, and have been sort of building on top of that since then. But a lot of the the big changes were brought in in the early 2000s. And again, back then, Estonians had more sort of existential challenges to worry about. I've got this, and yeah, so I've got this great picture of the quite visionary prime minister at the time, who was only 35, I think, and was one of the older people in the leadership, um, being absolutely surrounded by protesters. Without any security, he was get working his way in, into or out of parliament. Surrounded by middle-aged and aged protesters, were basically going hungry and unable to or uncertain about whether they were going to have heating for the coming winter. And it did actually get that tight that there was one winter where it looked like actually they weren't going to be able to afford to fire up the, the district heating plants that most Estonians depend on to keep them warm during winter. They were lucky in that they found a, um, a pile of old Russian rubles 
uh, that were lying and hadn't been taken away under the central bank or something. And I think they sold them, actually. They did it with Chechnya or somebody like this to actually convert them into hard currency and then they're able to fire up the boilers. If they hadn't been able to do that, then there would have been a mass amount of deaths across Estonia for, from people who just basically froze to death or had to choose between eating eating when we're getting down to minus 30 degrees outside. So it, it was these sort of challenges were front of mind. Where I think the, the government did get challenges, though, were, well, why the hell are you investing into this silly little identity card that is absolutely bloody useless except, they reckon, for chipping ice off your car windscreens when you should be putting that money into food, welfare, these sort of things? I think that's where the big challenge was. Nowadays, though, people are far more aware what the power that data can actually exercise or data ownership can exercise. So when, I'm trying to remember the date now, probably about five years ago now, a new government coalition came into place that actually had a very nasty far-right-wing populist party in there. And then all of a sudden, a lot of Estonians woke up to, what the hell will they do with my data, given the opportunity there? Now, fortunately in Estonia, and this again is the societal thing that you were mentioning, other different cultures. In Estonia, the people who built up these systems and manage these systems are very independent of the, the politicians or the politics of the time. And they are very proud of that independence as well. So if anybody tries to corrupt, misuse, abuse these systems, they get called out extremely quickly. And Estonia, in fact, takes pride in calling out when they find somebody who is breaking the system and spies and so forth out there. They don't think that's a, they don't think that diminishes Estonia's reputation, but actually quite the reverse in that as soon as they see them, they call them out and they've got a reputation for actually being vigilant in there. But that's still a big concern for, for new countries. Always say new countries, countries entering their sort of digitalization journeys, especially those like Australia, where we don't trust the government. We've got good reason not to trust the government. They've given us lots of sort of examples along the way how, given the opportunity, they will abuse the access of the data that they've got. And also they're really crap at uh, delivering big IT uh, systems. So why would you give them the backing to do that anyway? And I think that's a sense in a lot of countries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. And I mean, yeah, they demonstrate more than they can't mess around and then do good over time in most places. But also because there are more challenges, they're also more... You have more people, you have different culture, you have migration, you have to accommodate to everybody somehow. And and I think they get their priorities wrong anyway. It's easier to talk about it, I guess, than do it. But, you know, the number of people you have in governments is massive. And that's another thing. If they're going to come and digitalize everything, then lots of people will be out of a job. It's the same thing for banks. Also, this is why the traditional banks are slower to, you know, what we call like innovate in that sense. Mm-hmm. Because lots of people will be on the streets, not because there are not enough opportunities maybe, but it's not everyone who's hungry to learn and improve and okay to pivot as an individual. Yeah, this is true. But then we need to find a way, the societal level of actually supporting these people, right? Because (laughs) otherwise it does hold back positive progress. It's not that every sort of efficiency gain is worth doing. But again, I think it's one of the, I don't want to bang Estonia's drum too much, but one of the unforeseen advantages of digitalizing in Estonia and as, as you say, that a lot of the stuff is is not just online and pure clicks, but there's stuff that happens proactively. You don't actually have to bother thinking about it. And there's also a consideration in the government that if, in the public sector, that if any decisions or any processes don't require like sort of human consideration or human intervention to make a decision, then they should be automated. The classic story about the babies being born in Estonia and the maternity benefits being paid oh, to the mothers yeah. automatically. 
Because nobody needs to take a decision. The decisions were already taken many years yeah. ago that every mother automatically get benefits based on this calculation. So now you have the different systems, the hospital systems, the population register, the tax and customs board with the business processes over the top of them that actually create the interoperability that automate first identifying that we have a new Estonian and who the mother is, what the mother's salary was, I think, for the last six months or six to 12 months, what the average salary was and where her bank account is. And then it just gets paid out there. My point being, the same applies to starting up businesses, running businesses here in Estonia. So having removed most of that friction, Estonians don't get bogged down in how hard it is to work with bureaucracy. They now can actually just go and create. And there's something also, I think the, there's a negative effect of that friction in that if you know there's friction ahead, then your mind just sort of shuts down and says, you know, I'm not even going to bother. When that friction isn't there and you find that it's easy to play with ideas and test new ones, then you get excited and you do more. And I think this is one of the unforeseen advantages of digitalizing, that actually you boost your creative mindset within society as a whole. I think we can talk about this subject for so long, actually, because beyond the culture, there's also the whole systemic change that comes into play, because what's going to work in one place is not necessarily going to work in the other one because of the culture and other things. It starts with the gut. It ends with the gut. It's in your gut. Gut Talks. This is the end of this episode with Callum Cameron. Thanks for listening and watch out for the next one.